Hello and welcome to the Wilder Podcast. My name is Laura and I'm a holistic nutritionist and yoga teacher based in Braglin and I host conversations about all sorts of things. In general, something that I'm interested in or that I'm finding is something that's coming up for my clients. Today's episode, I have a conversation with Bexie Tal. This conversation came about when we were having a coffee and chatting and noticing that we were sort of experiencing the same sorts of things in terms of a lot of people finding it hard to follow through on commitments and maybe um, sort of dipping out at the last minute. So that's actually how the conversation came about. But this episode is really a chance for us to dive into why are we all so tired? What are what are the reasons in this day and this age where you know where maybe we are overcommitting, doing too much, and stretching ourselves too thin? You know what is it? Why do we tend to want to just stay in and watch Netflix on a Friday night rather than going out to hang out with friends? Or you know that's just an example, but or going to that yoga class or that workshop that you you know that you want to go to you've you're interested in it but you just don't like have energy for it so yeah that's where we start I suppose with diving into some of the reasons why we're all so tired and and what what commitment looks like what discipline looks like and how we can look at discipline from a much gentler lens than has usually been done and then we kind of you know, the conversation goes all over the place, but we also dive into maybe some of the solutions, you know, and, and me and Bexie definitely come from a point of view of just being like curious, open-minded people. We're definitely not experts in this field of discipline or commitment or whatever the field is, really. It's it's something that I've tried to get better at and something I try to, I really strive to be good at is, is really having strong integrity around doing what I say I'm going to do. If I do give my commitment to somebody, I will follow through on that. And obviously there's always exceptions to that rule. As we talk about, there are unforeseen reasons where you may or may not be able to do things that you've committed to. But even, you know, from the point of view of committing, if I say I'm going to get up and do an early morning meditation, I'd like to believe that I will do that. You know, it's not even just commitments to others. It's about holding and maintaining those commitments to yourself as well. So yeah, I really hope you enjoy this interview and this conversation. The idea is that, you know, this isn't just a conversation between me and Bexie. We would love to hear what your thoughts are. So definitely hit us up, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. We are both on there. I am Wilder Wellness. That's W-I-L-D-R underscore wellness and Bexie is on Instagram at BexieT. Really, really looking forward to hearing what you think about this conversation. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Here we go. Hi, Bexie. Hello. Thanks so much for sitting down with me today. We're actually going to dive into conversation about something we've chatted about. And I know there's probably a few people out there that have had me mention it already as well. Before we dive in, let's get a bit of background on who you are, Bexie. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, living in Raglan for over 10 years now, I've been, especially since I came to New Zealand 13 years ago, pretty much been entirely working in environment work and community development and yoga. 
And those things going really hand in hand that they're all about kind of connection and healing. Yeah, that's where my passion is and also what I spend all my time doing. Cool. Awesome. And so this conversation got started when we were talking about why are we all so tired and why do we maybe make plans that we don't follow through with? Do you want to start there a little bit and take that and fly with it? Yeah, I think a question I started asking a lot the last year to myself and others when we were sitting around having a coffee together like me and you were, is just like, why are all my friends so tired? And I found myself saying that and thinking, it's myself as well. Why are we all so tired, like you were saying? But I just, in in this recent time, I feel like there's been a lot of chances to connect that have been cancelled, whether that's chances to connect, like just messages not being answered or trying to make plans for a weekend and someone not even wanting to make definite plans or even more so someone not showing up to a meeting for work or to something they'd committed to. And it was getting me down. Like it's actually that kind of, I think a time when I really was needing connection and I felt like I was being denied it a lot. And then other times I'd be really tired and I'm going, oh, why do I not want to do these things? And yeah, we start to delve into that. Yeah, totally, totally. And so I suppose from our perspective, neither of us are experts in this field. It's really just us having a conversation about different perspectives. We might have read ideas of books or listened to podcasts. And we're also really interested to hear what you guys think as well. So once you've listened to this, yeah, definitely send either of us a message and let us know what you think and whether you agree or disagree, I suppose. Cool. Okay. I thought I would start with a discussion on the definition of discipline, because I suppose from that po- from that point of view of not doing, following through on plans or commitments, it's possibly, maybe or not, a lack of discipline. So what actually is discipline if we were going to? Yeah, I think it's that commitment to something you said you do, whether that's to for yourself or for someone else or with someone else, it's having that commitment. And in the moment, you get that you do get to that critical moment when it's time to put on your shoes and walk out the door or give that thing your time and energy. It's that um, follow through, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Taking action is one of the things. Yeah. One of the things I think about a lot is, is people can talk about all these things that they want to do all these values that they say that they hold and all these things but if you're not taking action in those places then are you truly in integrity with those values so i thought i would mention Bryony mckenzie we listened to a podcast of the untapped podcast just recently because she did a podcast on discipline so i thought it was very timely and she defines it as the ability to become the person who fulfills on your commitments vision on what your soul craves in this life It's actually the ability to take something from an idea, something you might just think about or say out loud, into reality. And I also liked the idea of bringing in it being in alignment with your values. So me and Dixie are coming from this point of view of having deep connection as one of our values. And so therefore, scheduling that really quality time with friends is something that's going to allow us to fulfill those values. So we prioritize that in our own life and we love it when we have friends and people around us who prioritize that as well anything to add there Pixie? yeah it's that i that was a really great podcast that you sent me and we, we've all listened to because we don't even have any conversations and it was just really timely that discipline actually gives you the freedom that you want the freedom to express who you are and it's i thought that was a great idea and a great way to turn it on its head totally because i think people assume that discipline means lack of freedom or means restriction or means rule. But I suppose, yeah, depending on how you structure the discipline in your life, 
the idea is that it should give you more freedom to flow within that structure. Yeah, that actually reminds me, I was so scared to raise a barefoot investor. Mm-hmm. Everyone signed up with this great book and I was like, I don't want to think about finances. I, I thought it was going to be like going on a diet and I thought it was going to be a restriction and I was actually like wanting to read it, not basically avoiding reading it, <laughs> to read it. I was not wanting to read it, but having it come into my life in lots of ways. And then I finally read it and I was like, that's a really good example of that. It's not about that. It was about actually having a certain structure which makes you feel more free with your finances and more in control and therefore actually way more confident and happy and so that's a really good example of I think of this what we're talking about mm, mm, that's yeah that's a great example and I think people can get around especially financial because we all have to deal with it and I'm quoting this research I'm pretty sure it's a thing I've definitely heard it said but like They've taken people and asked them about their anxiety levels around their finances, then done a budget, sat down and done a budget with them, and then reassessed their anxiety. Nothing's actually changed with their money situation, but they have less anxiety after doing the budgets. Yeah. Bexie definitely has a theory that the sort of lack of commitment or lack of discipline is a little bit more predominant in Raglan. And of course, we can't know that for sure. But do you want to speak on that or let us know what you, what you think about that? I suppose I just see it being really common to have that more with the flow lifestyle. And and we were talking about it before we recorded this and that like maybe in our parents' generation, it was all about self-sacrifice. And, and in some cities, I must say, I know people in bigger cities in a more like urban lifestyle that they're like, yeah, you only need about four to six hours of sleep a night and I can survive on this much kind of free time and this much productivity time and maximizing their productivity time. So a lot of people come to Breglin to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And also, like I said, in this generation that has kind of changed from our parents' generation where it was about that self-sacrifice and how much can you work and how much can you produce. Mm-hmm. And so it's gone to this other direction from discipline, over discipline or discipline is that and just go with the flow and just see how you feel in the moment and decide what you want to do in the moment and that kind of seems to be predominant I think in our age group and in Raglan because it's just a place that attracts that type of person interesting and I think it's probably a good thing that we're not as strict and disciplined and as self-sacrificing as potentially previous generations were but are we being a little too self-serving like maybe not i don't really know yeah but yeah that's what we're doing here. we're pulling it back into balance yeah like, so what, that's what you have to do you have to go really far one direction and then go really far in the other direction to get away from that and then you're like no actually i think a little bit closer and you go back and you find that middle and that's where you get balance and i think that's what we're pulling it into in this conversation yeah where the balance is yeah so we were going to brainstorm and share ideas on kind of the, I suppose the reasons why people may not be able to hold up to commitment and say yes to things when they want to say yes or say no to things when they want to say no. What are your thoughts on that, BC? Yeah, like why are all my friends? That's the question I started with. And I, again, and why am I so tired? I think it's very much a symptom of so many things that are all coming together in this moment in time. It's like technology, the amount of messages we get, like the amount of emails and Facebook messages plus text plus WhatsApp, Instagram that I get a week, I haven't even tried counting. I don't want to count them, but there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that expectation for instant mm-hmm. like gratification or mm-hmm. instant reply versus back in the day when we used to call someone and sometimes you get the busy signal and you wouldn't even be able to send a voicemail before they had like electronic voicemail. It was like busy signal, not going to reach that person. Mm-hmm. But now, now it's really direct and instant. 
So we get a lot of messages and we're expected to reply to them right away. And also that digital world creating really short attention span around that too. Like you expect someone to answer right away and mm. write you back or give you a thumbs up. Man, the thumbs up, it just gets to me. It's like I do it all the time, but it has no content. I'm like, no, I don't want you to send me a thumbs up. I want you to like give me something here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and the world is, yeah, the world's just really changing quickly around us and and obviously like our evolutionary brain is not going to change as fast as our external world which is a big study that you know about all of why we're in mental health and, and energy we've got so many tools for wellness don't we totally and at our fingertips but we're still like catching up to how these tools work and yeah. our brain can take time to catch up and so we've got to really start to understand ourselves much the world around us but I guess another thing about that technology is that we are very connected to what's going on in the world. And some of that is quite negative climate change and social justice issues. And so we get quite exhausted and it can seem like a really negative world out there. And I don't have the stats on this, but I know there's something about our mind, like our evolutionary mind. It clings to the negative. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is like when we used to eat a berry, if it was poisonous, if it was bad, we had to remember that and not eat that again. If we had a good berry, like that was good to know, but it wasn't as important to remember mm. as like the poisonous berry. potentially going to kill us. Yeah. And so we tend to fixate on the negative and we've got a lot of content of this negative. And yeah, it, I'm not saying that it's not a big deal of all the things going on around us, but it overwhelms us that our brain really will like hold on to that. And that's exhausting to hold that, that energy. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that my personal stance on news, especially when it's really out of my control, is to just not engage at all. Yeah, don't read the news. I'm pretty similar, yeah. Yeah, don't read the news. Don't go onto news internet sites. I read the local news, <laughs> the Raglan Chronicle or the local rag, because at least that it's within my realm of interest and control like i can interact with that what's happening in ukraine obviously it's horrendous but like we just don't have to wrap my head around it it's just like my me feeling empathy for ukraine is not helping ukraine at all it's just draining me and i feel like this is a different direction but there's a lot of directions i know in this one conversation totally. i think we're gonna go a few don't worry. totally totally but yeah like virtue signaling on instagram and sharing a post for somebody like I don't know. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that if that helps you feel good, but it doesn't help me. It just drains me to be like, I need to do something about this when you actually can't really do anything about it. So does that mean? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah. And, and it was, God, I'm definitely not going to get this right, but a recent book I read, Humankind, which I would highly recommend. It will make you very optimistic about the human race. Does talk about how watching the news literally change your brain like it will change the hormone balance the, neuro the neurochemistry in terms of what where you're focusing your energy whereas i know i've possibly said it to clients and people 100 million times but like a gratitude practice mm. <laughs> will change your brain in terms of helping to train it to look for the good seriously i suppose we're just talking on this because it's just that information bombardment that we're getting on the daily from our phones, from the newspapers, from people is draining our energy and potentially taking away from our ability to connect deeply with others and hold 
and maintain commitments to people who we actually really care about. So one strategy, I suppose, we're proposing is to really minimize the energy that, sorry, minimize the information that's coming into you. So for me, from a practical point of view, that actually looks like being very discerning about what notifications I receive on my phone. And having periods when you don't receive them. Exactly. Really important, like phone off. Completely off is good. Yeah. Apple particularly has got some quite good settings. So for example, you can literally set your phone so that you're only receiving calls from one person. If you're a mum and you wanted to hear from school, if something really bad is happening, then you can literally turn all notifications off except for calls from this specific number. Yeah. So I just set that up with, for my work where I could just put my work people on there. And when I really need to get work done, I can put that mode on and be like, okay, Sorry, guys, you're going to distract me endlessly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when it's time to connect people again, I turn it back on and then it's there. It feels really good because that's one thing about getting those messages and not replying is you're getting there. I'll be in the middle of something completely different and I'll get a message about work or about the yoga studio I run. And I'm like trying to switch gears 20 times in 10 minutes sometimes and yeah that's really cool those like focus modes they've got now 100 percent, and you can schedule them so i literally don't receive any notifications between 9 i think it's actually 9 45 and 8 30 the next morning and i charge my phone outside my room which i actually think is game changer so we both those things too yeah I'm nine to eight nine to eight and yeah leave the phone outside the room on top of that yeah that's just yeah again potentially one of the ways that will allow you to connect deeper to people when you're actually not on your phone is to have it less time on your phone but be by yourself in that system like otherwise i will be scrolling on facebook or instagram all the way up to like go to bed and possibly first thing when i wake up so it's like a system leave it outside and it's very well sometimes i don't do it for months but at the moment i'm doing it well yeah yeah I think that's the thing. It's like giving you, and that's back to that attention span and that kind of, we're watching shorter and shorter videos. We're reading shorter and shorter texts. Mm-hmm. We used to go to the movie store, rent a movie, bring it home, rent it, or watch it from start to finish, even if it was bad. Yeah. Because it was the only movie we had brought home that yeah, night. paid for it. I still read books, but with a lot of this short content, Instagram posts and stuff, and it's, we don't ever daydream. But yeah, like when I wake up now, my phone's not even in the room. Sometimes I'm just like, open the curtain and I like daydream and I let my mind be free mm. instead of like immediately stimulated and controlled by what's on the screen. Yeah, totally, totally. And then from like an information overload, that's really beneficial. But even like my brain goes to thinking about like your cortisol and like physiological responses we get to our phone. If we're waking up and looking directly at our phone, we're going to get quite a big and like depending what the actual messages are coming through and depending what you're actually looking at, depending what the content is. But you're going to get like a big spike of cortisol, like kind of straight away as soon as you wake up, which is not ideal when we're looking at long-term sort of health energy. Like we want, and this is the other reason why I always recommend not having a coffee like this first thing, is to get that gentle wake up. Mm-hmm. And and then the other thing, like our subconscious brain is like very close to the surface when we first wake up. That's a good time to like maybe even access the subconscious anyway that's a tiny bit of a side note but just i don't know we got that idea of meditation in the morning exactly first thing in the morning at the stage yeah totally we're just really highlighting that sort of maybe those are your really sort of those times you prioritize not being oh my god i just stopped drinking a coffee first thing like actually two years a few years ago but i'm back on it and when i'm on it 
I drink it first thing usually. And I only just stopped a few weeks ago and it was so easy. I thought it was going to be so hard, but no, I wait a couple hours. They sell half-calf down at the local roastery here in right. Ireland. Yeah. I mix it with some dandelions that become about a third calf. But yeah, it was way easier than I thought because our, brain, our body has that chemistry, that natural chemistry to wake itself up. And I was like, I'm suppressing that, but it comes back, it bounces back and yeah. needs to give it space. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're having that coffee first thing, you won't be able to know where your energy is at, where your cortisol is at, what your adrenals are functioning like. So yeah, that's just a side note for looking at ways to optimize your energy. I suppose that's another thing to bring up though, like why are all our friends so tired? It's, it's diet, it's sleep, mm. it's exercise. Like it comes down to those basics. And when we don't prioritize them, yeah. we just lose that physiological wellness that can lead to our mental and spiritual and emotional wellness. A hundred percent. Feel you there. And one of the other things, I have this theory about, and I don't know if there's any way we can actually really prove or disprove this, but what potentially underlies a lot of the inability to follow through with commitments is maybe the lack of discipline. And we're looking at discipline like with quite a gentle lens, I suppose, not hard-ass discipline. But is this like sort of low self-worth, which like, and self-esteem, which actually like those words get thrown around, but when we really look at what that actually means is it's actually viewing yourself as incomplete or broken or or not whole in some way or or just thinking that you're not worth spending that time doing exercise spending that time eating the really good food or whatever it is and even like saying that out loud it sounds strange but what my theory is, is that it's actually like this kind of really deep subconscious belief. That's not something we can just turn around by telling, you know, that by saying it to ourselves, yes, I'm worth this. Yes, blah, blah, blah. It does require some really deep emotional work potentially. And that's hard. That's really hard. I mean, we're talking about showing up for ourselves and others, isn't that? These work coming down to showing up for yourself. Yeah. And not feeling a victim. I mean, that's a victim of yourself, like a victim of your own thoughts and not worthiness. Is that? And it's so easy to get lost in those, eh? But that kind of, that's where it's discipline is. It's always about like actually zooming out. I think a lot of, a lot of what I have in terms of self work is like actually seeing how far I've come. Like growth, like growth mm. just happens even mm. when we're not trying. Mm. We are developing and growing every day. But we don't see it. And then just to stop and look back and be like, Oh wow, this is where I was at that time. Mm. And well, I've actually done a lot, like not even realizing it. Felt since then, and trying to zoom out and zoom out just more and more. I think, and that's a lot of that discipline because discipline is about zooming out and mm-hmm. looking at your like long term goals. It was important to have connection in my life, just as much as important to have sleep and good diet. And if I need, if I want to be connected in this moment when I'm feeling a little bit tired or a little bit flaky, <laughs> am I going to go with that or am I going to zoom out and see that? I feel like I've just jumped subjects. No, no, that totally makes sense. Absolutely. Just one of the things that, because flaky is a word that I use quite a lot, but it's actually a pretty like negative way to look at it, you know, look at the opposite of discipline, say. But I've tried to recently just reassess how I view my requests from people, accusing people of being flaky when it's not actually them being flaky. It was me making assumptions that they would possibly come to do this or that they said this or I don't know. I suppose that's me being like, okay, it's not always about them. Sometimes it's me with my expectations of people potentially. That's I'm really similar. Maybe we have a similar personality this way, but I 
I really struggle with people can't blaze. Yeah, that is also me. That is me reacting to this and not just accepting the situation. When someone cancels it, just I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah, you're not showing up for me. Yeah, or you haven't got time for me, and I just I completely react, and that it's that thing that like I guess for me I really value showing up mm. and the action behind the words. Mm. Like I really value all of my actions. Sorry, all of my words to be followed by action. But that's my value. (laughs) That's something that I hold on to. It doesn't mean that the other person is not valuing me because they're not showing up. Exactly. And yeah, obviously we want all of our friends to be committed and disciplined and whatever we're asking of everyone. But but there's a little bit of, I've got to reflect that and see what's actually going on for you. Do you have too too high expectations of people with everything that everyone is dealing with? Because we're all dealing with some sort of, stuff and shit going on mm. so yeah and is it that i think that's come up in the podcast we're listening to about the four tendencies by gretchen rubin is that i've been obliged her mm. and that just the way she said it is the whole so you you honor your commitments to others before you honor them to less to yourself so maybe the issue here is i'm not honoring commits commitments to myself to be there on time mm. okay by the way i'm really good at commitments but i'm always five minutes late when i say on time i'm five minutes late. <laughs> that's so funny because i used to be a really late person <laughs> and it was actually my sister who just fucking called me out on it after a couple of years of being very late well i just very on my own schedule like i pulled it in now at one time so i got a really strong value on showing up and if you're listening and you're like perfecting <laughs> i'm owning up to the fact that i'm there but i'm not there on time but yeah it's like maybe i've sacrificed some of the self-care habits that i built to be there and then someone when someone else doesn't do that i think but i for you i would have shown up but it's actually that i should be honoring a commitment to myself and that's where that issue comes from yeah. that so we were also going to touch on maybe some of the sort of valid reasons or like reasons that we would potentially see would be good reasons to be in the flow of the surrender rather than be on the discipline team of it if we're talking as a spectrum and i suppose the first thing i want to bring up is is women having a menstrual cycle of course like generally people have a regular cycle so they might know what days that they're going to be lower energy or higher energy so ideally you'd actually be able to see that ahead and maybe not make commitments on those days but of course there's always the unpredictable with, with the woman's body. So finding that flow and getting in tune with your own menstrual cycle because I'm actually going to do a full podcast on the kind of menstrual cycle and, yeah, working in time with, but obviously just really briefly, a few days before menstruating and the actual menstruation time is a time that generally your energy is a little lower. So that, that would be a good time to have less commitments or say yes to less things. Yeah, I've only just like really fully embraced that cycle thinking idea in the last like year. I wish someone had taught it to me when I was like 18. <laughs> but it's so good. And you're right. That is like a genuine reason. And not everyone does when you're saying like, yeah, you have, if you have a normal cycle, you'll be able to know that. But no, not if, it, I've only just recently come across this concept. I'm obsessed with it at the moment. But when I first came across it only recently, a year ago, like a friend of mine was saying that she puts in her Google calendar what week she knows she's going to have energy. She called it awesome week. And then she puts in the calendar. I was like, what do you call the, the three days before your period, all that? She's like, I don't really know. So I was like, okay, let's call it not awesome. But you know, so she'll say yes to parties and commitments in awesome week and she'll make sure she does not over schedule not awesome week. And that's an amazing and very evolved way of working with your cycle. But I suppose a lot of people don't, most people don't have that in their calendar. And so totally. definitely valid reason. And we're talking when we're thinking of a work schedule, might not actually have the ability to, to, to sync things. So 
yeah, there are definitely limitations with it, but we thought we'd bring it up because it's one of those things that is quite temperamental. You don't quite know what you're going to feel like sort of month to month. Yeah, any other things that you wanted to add? Yeah, there's definitely just you did not get enough sleep last night. I think sleep is often undervalued and the importance of sleep. And yeah, sometimes you can't like mothers with young children at home or something's happened that has disrupted your sleep or you just putting a lot of awesome things out there in the world and there has not been enough time scheduled for sleep that week. That totally happens. But yeah, so I guess that's a valid reason. It's sometimes it might help to go and connect with someone else and just spend a little bit of time, but there are times when you're actually really needing to rest. You, you, totally. Another theory I had <clears throat> around people maybe not upholding their commitments was actually that people struggle with saying no. <laughs> I can sometimes see when I ask somebody if they want to do something or make a request of them in some way. <clears throat> and like for me, it's at the moment, just because I'm doing lots of yoga and lots of events, I'm like, do you want to come to the dome? And people take that as a, like, I'm literally asking as a question, would you like to come? And they take it as a, will you come? Do you, you, you know, if you're free, you have to come. And I'm like, no, I am literally asking you if you want to come. You can absolutely say no, but I actually think, and especially maybe to people close to me, that actually find it quite hard to say no in the moment. That's why they say no two hours beforehand. Yeah. yeah. I always say at the beginning of my yoga classes, like, everything that I offer is just that. It's an offering. It's an invitation. And, yeah, that kind of wanting to please someone to their face and also wanting to answer right away, instant message, gets in the way of actually having time for them to think about do I actually want to do this thing? And then it only comes up at the time that actually I did not have the time or energy for this. I was just trying to say yes right away. A hundred percent. And I actually, I think that's quite interesting. And that's probably, it's a little bit of me, but actually I think that's how people are perceiving the question that I'm asking them as well. Like, again, we talked about Gretchen Rubin and the fact that quite a good majority of people are obligers. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've all got this sort of belief that we're only worthy if people like us so we want to people please and we want to say yes to things and we want to do the right thing whatever the right thing is so yeah that's why my invitation here is to practice saying no to people with kindness no i actually want an evening free or no i don't want to go on that ski trip with you whatever it is and uh, take your time take time to reply yeah take your time to figure out would i have the money and the time to go on that ski trip yeah Exactly. And then I thought it was interesting one of the things that Brian said, and this is off topic a little bit from the saying no, but sometimes how we feel is not actually the true alignment of what we need in that moment. And I'm going to think of an example. It's probably not going to be a very good one, but say it is getting up early to do meditation. So we might feel like we need more sleep. And maybe you actually do need more sleep. That is definitely a possibility. But the other thing is that the maybe feeling like you don't want to get up early, do your meditation, do your yoga practice, is actually your subconscious secretly holding you back from actually expressing and becoming your true, authentic self that is fully whole and fully in integrity. Yeah, because we're, and especially Raglan culture, we're all about intuition and feeling. But is your feeling coming from a really true authenticity or is it this kind of feeling that's actually holding you back from, yeah, from whatever it is that you want to achieve 
Yeah, I love that part of the podcast because she was using that many, many feelings. And it, it is that coming back to that and zooming out and looking at your greater like for me at work, like I have a lot of meetings and definitely I'm like, I've got to drive into getting these meetings. So I've got a long drive and I've got, I'm thinking, oh, actually like in the moment I'm thinking, no, maybe I could skip this meeting. I get into two, three weeks time. Cause oh, there's another book I really like, the new power instinct. And I'll talk about that more in a second, but it's that thing of our future self is like amazing. It can do everything. But our present self is like, oh, our present self needs a little break right now. <laughs> but it's that and zooming out and thinking, actually, this meeting is really important for the scope of my environmental project I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Or from like a social perspective, I'm like, oh, I've friend wants to go out on a Friday night. I'm like, I just stay in and watch Netflix. Like that moment, that glimpse of a moment, watching Netflix would feel really good. Yeah. But if I zoom out and I'm like, actually like my community and Raven are friends that I've built is such an important part of my life and such amazing kind of upholders of my well-being. I'm going to go out and I'm going to like skip that Netflix episode and build on that bigger mm. vision. Yeah. That's really nice. That book I was talking about, The Willpower Instinct, which I think is Kevin Conical. The idea that willpower is like a muscle and it can be exhausted. So yeah, we might be exhausting our willpower muscle. And maybe that's one reason why a lot of people are finding it hard to follow through with the discipline to, mm-hmm. to come to their commitments. Mm-hmm. But also it's a muscle that maybe is not getting exercised enough on the other side. So just like a muscle, it can be overtired from overuse or it can just be like needing more strength and more development. And that's where those daily habits come in. And I love daily habits because they do strengthen that willpower muscle and that discipline. And I'm not saying something huge, like doing some three hours of morning routine, yeah. but having those small routines and building that willpower muscle makes you feel so confident. It increases your self-worth so much. And I can say that from experience. A friend of mine uses this term, and this again, they're not going to quote a book here because she doesn't have a book about it, but she uses this term, the plod. And that's her daily habits. And so the plod is like a list of things you've got to plod through every day. And they don't always feel good. Yeah. What's your plod? Yeah. So everyone has their own plod. And you often there's so many, so we we're talking about information overload. Sometimes I think I was so overwhelmed a few years ago with how many things I should do a day. I should do my like breath work and my face yoga and my, your cold plunge. Water, but then I should also have my apple cider vinegar. I was like, should I have apple cider vinegar water or lemon water? And should I do both? And so you can get quite overwhelmed with the amount of like external pathways to wellness that are offered to us right now. But over time, you start to develop your plot, which are the kind of achievable small things that you can do. And when you stick to those habits, and again, I'm not like a seven days a week habit person. I'm more like a five days a week. So just don't don't think I'm like saying if you don't do this every day. But yeah, I've got the like morning routine now. And it's not just if I know it's a plot, it's just a morning routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the morning's really the best time to set that up. So yeah, my plot's like I wake up. I like do my tongue scraper. I drink my lemon water now. I figured out I'm doing lemon water until I run out of lemons. And then I just drop aside a bit here. It doesn't matter. The point is I'm doing these acts of self-care. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what they are, but those acts of self-care are making me show up for myself and helping me build myself worth. And then for me, like that goes into like morning movement. And then uh, I do my Wim Hof breath work, to be honest. (laughs) I do like my my cold showers, but you know, five days a week, four days a week, not necessarily seven days a week. But all of this, it sounds really big, but this actually only takes me like an hour. 
And then the other thing that's really important for me is like my planner. Like it's like that idea of journaling, planning, mm-hmm. but that's where it's, I set my intention. Become a big thing for me is this idea that you can, there's so many things we could do with a day and so many people, there's so many people we could connect with, but I like sit down and I write them down. And this is when I finally get my coffee and I write down like, Someone I'm going to connect with that day. Mm. What are my priorities? Like, what does really needs to get done? And it's a mix of work and social and personal. Like, what really needs to get done? And then, like, the to-do list. And the to-do list is not just, like, a dump. Because I used to dump. My to-do lists were, like, Word documents. Mm-hmm. They couldn't fit on one piece of paper. And I'd keep adding to them until they were, like, 100 per pages long. Because I just keep adding the things that did get done. We're still on the Word doc. Oh, God. That but makes me anxious. But that's not anymore, I realized. To-do list is what can I actually achieve today so that yeah. at the end of the day, I feel content. Yeah. What do I, what are three things I have to do today? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of routine. And actually, that was something I was going to emphasize from a comic you said earlier, is, like, the sort of planning and the journaling is... And, and, and you mentioned about your daydreaming that yeah, you do when you first wake up is actually just time for reflection. Mm-hmm. And what that time or that slowing down or that time of reflection might allow you to do is to act from alignment more often. I suppose that's the, that's the theory we're proposing is more time in stillness or time in reflection will allow you to say no when you truly mean a no and say yes when you really mean a yes. You know what your priorities are, you know what you can say yes and no to and then the other thing that i i find quite useful about a routine or a daily plot is it actually reduces the decision fatigue in terms of my just my sort of lifestyle and how it's changed over the last couple of years i came from like a proper job full-time like busy definitely an overcommitter in general to having like my time completely up to me which was like so cool when I first started, because it was like such a novelty and I really enjoyed not having to get up at a specific time each day, just being able to do what I felt like doing. But then a certain amount of time of that, I got like, I like had to, literally I had to wake up every morning and remind myself what to do or make a decision about what to do. Like literally, am I going to go for a sex or am I going to have a shower? You had yourself accountable to. Like nobody telling me what to do and nobody, so it was just, Interesting. And so it was quite a long time there where I would get up and like, I'd be like, Oh, I can't remember what I'm doing today. And so there was just so much, so many decisions required early on in the day. So that literally the only thing I've changed recently is that I like get up, have a shower and get changed straight away and do the meditation. But I used to like literally hang around in my pajamas for an hour or so. Maybe do my journaling there, but it was just like, now I like get up, get changed. And then I decide, am I going to get changed to work? Or am I going to do my journaling? For? And just having at least those couple of decisions pre-made. Yeah. And that's what planning is about. And I know not everyone's a planner, but one of the reasons I've planned is I know I'm going to eat. I want to eat sleep healthy. If I've already made that decision, like I know what's in the fridge and I've already planned by the end, like the night before, maybe what exercise I'm going to do the next day yeah, or what I'm going to eat. And that way, when I wake up, I'm just following that routine. And you're right. It's, it's really hard not to, to make each decision in the moment. Oh, yeah. That's supposed to. But then it's, that's why everyone's so tired. Yeah, exactly. The constant decisions. I suppose within that kind of structure, that routine, that daily morning routine, whatever it is, or your daily plan, within that, you'll find more freedom because you Put that structure in place. Did you have any other additional kind of theories or reasons you felt like people were tired or people were lacking commitment? Also, as we more the panel, like if you want, there's a book, Saltwater Buddha, I think it's like over 10 years ago, and he talked about surfing as this like 
basically at certain like lives where you don't actually spend that much time living life. Yeah, that's just the paddling. That's a know. good analogy, yeah. Yes, the majority of the time you're paddling in life, you're doing those daily chores, you're going to work, you're you seeing your friends suffer sometimes, or you're seeing someone sick, and or you're suffering yourself. Versus the amount of time that we're actually like eating chocolate, or at this beautiful wedding, or having great sex, or laughing with our friends, and so that kind of adult life starts to kick in. I think when I'm bringing out of this is actually when I first came to Raglan, it's like it was in such an inspiring place. But then Raglan became my life and the more the paddling came in and I started to lose inspiration. And so one thing I've found is like that just social interactions is when we learn, it's when we get inspired. And so a lack of inspiration, which is funny because we have all of this stuff on digital to inspire us. But inspiration can be a little bit, it's got to be a little bit more personal than that sometimes, especially since we're so used to the amount of digital information. And so one thing I've tried to think about is having more inspiring people in my life and being an inspiring person for other people. Because when I'm inspired, like, I'm going to go out and do that hike on the weekend. And I'm saying this because this weekend I'm going to go on a hike because I'm really inspired by my friend who's in the South Island right now and doing all these hikes on her own for the first time. I've been inspired by some friends I spent some time in America with who were doing lots of adventures. And I'm like, they're inspiring me. So I want to pass that on to others, trying to still find that sense of youth. And so traveling, a lot of us in Reagan were travelers, and that's why we ended up here. And trying to bring that inspiration to our everyday. As a way to stay energized, I think, as well. Because if we get too much into just the paddling, the day they're paddling, we're going to continue using that analogy, then we don't have the energy to ride the wave. Yeah. And I guess another thing I've brought up and you mentioned when we were discussing this is that, yeah, we're coming out of COVID. It like literally for a lot of people completely flipped their world upside down and potentially that sort of not knowing what's happening next and not knowing what's, what we're going to be allowed to do or what's going to happen or whether we're going to be able to travel again is actually sort of caused this kind of deep, deep level anxiety within I'm going to say consciousness, it might be too much for people. There's like deep level of anxiety in everybody in, in, in the whole sort of world's consciousness. And so that sort of anxiety, that unsafety of not knowing makes it actually harder for us to then make decisions, to say yes, to say no, to stay in integrity with who we are just because our nervous systems are a little bit dysregulated. Yeah, and that's, it's that like social, like I said, our inspiration is social, willpower is social. Like they've proven that when you're around people who um, have more discipline and more willpower, that you tend to have more discipline and willpower. They visit others, kind of an epidemic of certain groups of people that when they're around people with less willpower, they tend to have less willpower as well. Like when you get canceled on a lot and you go cancel on a lot of other people, it yes. becomes quite contagious. I use the word consciousness and I've yeah. also been using that word devotion yeah. over discipline. So in Bryony's podcast, when she uses the word, she talks about discipline in terms of the word devotion, using the word devotion. And I love that it brings that spiritual aspect in because we do need that spiritual energy and connection as well. And I'm saying this as someone who like struggles with that, to be honest, like growing up without too much spiritual awareness and always very scientific mind i'm a thinker more than a feeler mm-hmm. but like to see of the shared consciousness to see that we can be devoted to the people around us mm-hmm. and to our own needs mm-hmm. i really love how that brings in this level that makes you understand it yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Because even, and one of the things I put a note here on, and I meant to say at the beginning, because we're using the word discipline quite a lot. And actually we've got like quite bad connotations with the word discipline. Like even, because when I was searching for discipline, quite a lot of like parenting things came up and I was like, Oh, that's right. People use the word discipline when they actually mean punishment. Yeah, like so you're wrong. Literally, and you're disciplining a child. And when and, and obviously these blog posts were saying that's not the case. Disciplining and punishment are completely different, and disciplining is not punishment. So, yeah, we're flipping the meaning of discipline, and we would like it to be viewed, and we're trying to view it ourselves as an act of self-love, as an act of devotion, not as an act of punishment. We're not getting up early to punish ourselves. But yeah, I suppose that's possibly why people, yeah, you know, people do set up their lives with this discipline. But that when they're not coming from that place of self-love, it does look like punishment sometimes. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. And I guess it comes like it's when you have a job that you care about, it is discipline to set your alarm mm. and get up on time. But those doctors that get up and show up every morning so that we can have health care, it's not just discipline, it's devotion, a devotion yeah. to humankind and to mm-hmm. helping others. And coming from that space is just such a more positive way to look at it. And yeah, I think that that thing of like positivity versus negative, <laughs> like our brains being able to hold on to these positive concepts is something we struggle with. But when you use the word devotion, it's something where you can say, yeah, it brings that drive behind it doesn't it it makes me feel this drive behind Mm. wanting to show up Mm. yeah and just pointing out if anybody found the word devotion like a little bit much maybe just have a little contemplation and think about how you view yourself because if you feel like devotion to a particular daily practice would be too much maybe that does indicate that there's self-worth or self-esteem issues just as a as an inquiry i think everyone knows what it's like to feel devoted in some context and maybe just haven't thought about it in the right way maybe it's like how devoted you are to your dog yeah <laughs> yes exactly or like it could be anything like a tv show or anything you love is essentially like an act of devotion if you are doing it regularly yeah that's nice nice way to flip the meaning and context of discipline we've already started seeding through some sort of solutions or our, our sort of thoughts and theories about how we would move through the world with a little more commitment and integrity and and one of them that we've put forward already is just being really careful with information that's being bombarded, whether that's being careful with your notifications or just being strict about when people can call you at what time for work or whatever it is. So just curating and being discerning with the information that's coming at you. Bixie, do you want to take us through Yeah, like notice on where you place your attention and yeah. where you place what you give your time and energy. And that's just, and it boils down to self-awareness awareness because it's so easy to slip away into those digital rabbit holes i think yeah let's go through and keep summarizing these solutions that's yeah. a really good point so maybe that with the energy thing maybe it's an audit of where you're spending your time each week and potentially whether those things are like detracting or like taking energy from you or actually filling you up just really being careful and discerning about the time and the activities that you do have total control over like what what are you spending your time on in your free time that can be removed if it's draining or can be really accentuated and prioritized if it's giving you energy yeah and like i said having a planner or a journaling practice is about that noticing and it's i was using planner a lot and i'm just realizing as you're saying it's also reflecting 
And I've got a planner now. I'm actually like trying to create a planner for all the things that I love having in my reflections and my planning, but just things like what, yeah, looking at the end of your week and, and also mm-hmm. honoring those cycles. So there's a cycle of the day, there's a cycle of the week, and then there's a cycle of the month that we've talked mm-hmm. about. And then there's a cycle of the year and mm-hmm. the seasons. Even on a bigger scale, there's all these different cycles. We're going through seven new cycles, some people say, longer than that. At each of those moments, being able to reflect and plan, look back and look forward, mm-hmm. and then be able to prioritize, set your values. Yeah, great. Maybe that's, yeah, prioritizing that time of journaling and reflection to get to get in tune with those cycles and, and take the kind of reminder from the environment and think about winter being quite a nice time for slowing down and introspection, whereas summer, there is a lot going on. So yeah, yeah, right now it's spring, so it's all about connecting and growing and totally and manifesting. Like This is potentially a good time to actually be taking action and manifesting on things that you might have said you wanted to do. Time to follow through, team. Yeah, and part of my planning is about the connection to others as well. So I, I do look at, besides my daily plot and my connection to myself, I'm always like, who can, and this is part of my planning that I'm using at the moment, is who's one person I need to connect with today? Mm-hmm. And who's one person I can surprise with a note or a message or with a gift of appreciation? And that's not a really awesome thing to do, but that comes back to showing up for those coffee dates. Yeah. <laughs> because I'll, if I, say one person that I know I'm going to connect with that day then I'll be there for that person mm-hmm. and not trying to overdo it and say well I'm connect with everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. opportunity to connect mm-hmm. with today but yeah achievable like you said having those no's so yeah you know, and yeah. saying what am I going to say yes to today exactly expectations setting them realistically I think one of the big things that we can do to protect our energy to stay in integrity and honor our commitments more is to practice and say no more often it's hard not something we because we're just so all inherently people pleasers mm. so yeah saying no more i think would be i don't know if i can't i can't even tell if i'm any good at it or not i feel like i'm always the one asking people to do stuff <laughs> not me but we asking me to do stuff so i don't actually have no 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 maybe that's it maybe that's if only we could watch our lives as movies yeah we probably see so many things that we're not aware of but that's what we're always building is that self-awareness through all of our reflecting in our planning and yeah. yoga practice and yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 cool and i suppose that's another solution is that kind of i'm saying yoga practice but um time to re-energize yourself and just getting those basics of having a healthy body and a healthy mind through like sleep being aware of your diet and yeah i guess we won't talk too much about food but i'm sure that you talk about that in your yeah. podcast and then what you're teaching yeah, I think the first couple of episodes I did were with other naturopaths and nutritionists, so maybe that's a good place to start. But yeah, to be honest, we all know what to do when it comes to nutrition. It's actually doing it. That's the hard bit. Mm-hmm. The information's there. Eat more green leafy vegetables. But that's working. Like that little power muscle, like doing that little bit. Yeah. You're starting to work the muscle a little bit. And that's what I love. This willpower instinct book, it's really written by Kelly McGonagall. It's written for people that are like quitting smoking or, you know, people are at that crisis. And that's what's so amazing about life crises is that they actually make you learn things that force you. Yeah. They force you to those places. But the book's great for even those little things. Is it like you have your breakfast and it might be a really healthy breakfast? So just doing that like sets you up from, yeah. I had a good breakfast. And then like maybe when the next meal comes up, you will form muscles a little bit stronger and you're like, yeah, I'm going to have a healthy lunch too. So working that will form muscle with little wins and, and that might be setting up daily, achievable daily habits. For me, like I really love breath work because it's also regulating my nervous system and giving me heaps of energy 
and it's something I actually enjoy doing. It's a really lovely part of my plot. Okay. What makes it a plot is that, like, you do it just repetitive days. Yeah. yeah. Repetitiveness. And so to go back on the nervous system regulation, I think that is a really key point for a lot of people. There's just, and I've said it before and I've said it again, but such a deep level of underlying anxiety in people. Like, and, and people come to me and I talk to them about food, but actually if they just got regulated in their nervous system, a lot of their health issues would just go. And then that frees up energy to then be in alignment more with your commitments. But yeah, you know, so regulating your nervous system can look different for everyone. Obviously breath workers, Bexie's preference when she does it in the morning, she does lots of yoga as well. I do yoga and asana and other practices. My recent favorite thing to regulate my nervous system, saunering. Oh, oh my god, well, I've been loving the sauna too. <laughs> I just can't believe with the ice bath as well. It's, it's insane. Cause I went last night and I was like, after yoga, and I was like, why have I committed to this sauna after yoga? And then I was like, this is the perfect thing. It's just, it's a reset. Uh, oh, yeah, I've been going every week too. Just not, not the days you're going to the week. Yeah. And that's the thing, the daily, the plot, the plot or whatever your self care thing, it, it does look different for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's something we develop more and more for ourselves. And I'm really into creating safety because safety helps the nervous system to feel relaxed. Mm. But that looks really different for people as well. Just been having some recent conversations about safety within relationship. But like when you're not in relationship, you need to find self safety either within yourself or within another relationship or within your daily factor. So you need to create have your own back sometimes. Totally. You need to create that safety for yourself. And that's like and I think you briefly mentioned that kind of mindset of not falling into being the victim. Oh, I'm single, so I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I don't have that person. It's, you're totally in control of your own internal world. Work out a way. And again, this it's easier said than done. Like, this is quite hard work. But work out a way where you can feel safe without being in a relationship or without, for some people, let's say they don't feel safe if they don't own a house. Or I'm talking yeah. about kind of physical things in the real world, but we can find safety in many different ways. So just experimenting, I suppose, and working out what's going to work for you. Yeah, I think, I, and that's why I actually am like, like getting a little bit more strength into my, I used to be quite a like yogi that was more about stretching, but getting a little bit more strength. That thing of just back strength is I've got my own back. Like I can hold myself tight in this world. Yeah. And it comes from that kind of mind-body connection. But then goes, yeah, I totally agree. There's lots of people in my life that like, don't have a house or don't have a partner and and that including you know my own life but I see things where I'm going oh I'm the victim of this but actually we are so lucky and that's when that gratitude factors come in because you back up like I have food and food yeah, yeah. pretty wholesome we live in a peaceful country there's so many things to be grateful for but as Bexie's mentioned our brain is trained to look for the negative and the find the cracks yeah yeah exactly and the things that might potentially be dangerous to us from a nervous system evolutionary level yeah and i suppose just tying the safety thing back just so you know why i've spoken about that safety and the nervous system re- regulation is because i really do believe that will allow you to say no when you want to say no and act more integrity and commit to things you want to commit to and not commit to things you don't want to commit and have those actions behind your words yeah. show up for yourself yeah. 
Is there anything else you wanted to add, Vexy? I guess I'm just looking at, yeah, just reviewing what we said with our list. I think we touched on a lot of the points again, which has been really good. I think that inspire other people and seek inspiration in your everyday life. Share your daydreams and adventures to help inspire others. And that's, I say that, but it's, I know that when you see those Instagram feeds of your friends and you're like, oh my gosh, they're doing all these amazing things. I don't do anything. It can have that effect. But, but no, I think it actually, I get really inspired by people and taking this with a grain of salt. Don't overshare this like, my life's amazing. Mm. But being able to share your adventures and tell people about your daydreaming, totally. your dreams and just... In authenticity as well. I think that's when, that's when it's hopefully going to inspire people is if you are sharing like cool things about your life that actually excite you, that are true. But yeah, putting a picture up that isn't in integrity but actually how the experience was or actually how you, I suppose that's what I'm like. When I try to travel shop on social media, I just try and be authentic. Like I just try to share whatever is going on for me right then. That's the I've been doing a lot more too is like actually calling people. Yeah. Like I have to drive through work these days. I'm almost no podcast, but I found it, I've made it a really positive time. One of the things I've been doing is like calling people on the phone. I was more of a typer. Like I'm not actually a very good verbal person. It's me and doing a podcast right now because I'm probably more likely to write a book. Oh my gosh, this. you've done incredibly good. <laughs> that's, that's how you perceive yourself. It may yeah. not be the truth. But I have tendency for the last while to just to text and text people. Mm-hmm. And I started just like calling them. And I guess that backs up that when getting that inspiration because they're telling me about that adventure they did. And then they're also telling me, oh, but I have this really boring thing today. I'm learning and I'm connecting to them more in person and more on the phone, which I've, yeah, getting more of those phone calls and something that I found really inspiring and energizing. It's a better like, quality of communication probably than pure texting. Like We can communicate a lot more through our voice than we can through messages. So you are just able to get a little bit more of the energetic imprint of the words as well as the actual words themselves. Yeah, yeah, and feeling more connection like can again to, it makes me want to call them again <laughs> or call someone else and have another conversation sometimes it's just about reaching out yeah cool I feel like that feels really complete from my end in terms of everything I wanted to bring up and just air all my theories on this again we don't know what the right or the wrong answer and there is no right or wrong answer but this is how we've managed it ourselves and and put some words to it so really looking forward to hearing what you think about all of what we've actually said and, and your overall feeling on discipline and commitment and whether we've been able to reframe discipline for you a bit maybe but yeah thanks very much for joining me today Nikki. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I really, really appreciate your time and I hope you've got something out of this episode. I would love to hear what you got out of it, what you thought of the episode. Send me a message on Instagram at wilder, wild with an R on the end, underscore wellness. And yeah, let me know what you thought. All the relevant links will be in the show notes. So feel free to check out all of those things that we mentioned in today's episode. And as always, a reminder to be gentle on yourself, take things slow. Um, I think that there is no way that you can hear that too many times. So take this as your little reminder today. And I'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wilder Podcast.